0: Welcome to SafetyNet, a patient safety podcast with news, trends, and ideas from Crico, the insurance program for all of the Harvard medical institutions and their affiliates, bringing a data-driven approach to reducing medical error through clinical analysis of malpractice claims. A new study that looks at when, where, and how medical errors occur in the inpatient setting is shining a bright light on threats to patient safety and quality in healthcare. A top-line result of a 25% error rate for hospital admissions is getting a lot of attention. The 1991 Harvard Medical study found only 3 to 4%, giving rise to the patient safety movement. David Bates and colleagues research in the New England Journal of Medicine in early 2023, titled The Safety of Inpatient Healthcare, indicates that far from solving the problem the patient safety movement still has a long way to go. It had been 30 years since the Harvard
1: Medical Practice study had been done uh, and we wanted to do several things.
0: Dr. David Bates is a practicing internist and chief of the Department of General Internal Medicine at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. His seminal research into drug-related injuries and care redesign has led many in healthcare to focus on systems and computerized improvements. In the new study, significant changes in the methodology make head-to-head comparison with the Harvard Medical Practice Study challenging. How care is delivered and patient acuity has changed, too. The goals of this study were to measure the frequency and type of harm in the various settings and test some electronic tools for identifying errors. Some of the findings were unexpected.
1: There were a couple things that surprised me. I was surprised that the overall rates were as high as they were. Um, they were around 3 to 4% in the original study, and we found that nearly a quarter of patients suffered an adverse event uh, during hospitalization. In this study, I, I expected it to be higher than 3 or 4%, but I didn't expect it to be uh, quite as high
0: as it was. Most facilities use EMRs today, and Dr. Bates says that the study's expanded use of triggers may have detected more errors. Researchers examined electronic medical records from inpatient admissions in 2018 at 11 hospitals from three health systems. They represented large and small facilities from fewer than 100 beds to more than 700. Reviewers used triggers known to flag potential errors. The study concluded that nearly a quarter of the errors were preventable. Among those, one-fifth were serious, 3% were life-threatening, and 0.5% were fatal. Adverse drug events were the most frequent, followed by surgical errors and then procedural events. Another surprise for Dr. Bates was that diagnosis-related errors were not more prevalent in the data. He suggests the trigger methodology may miss many inpatient diagnostic errors, which his other recent research has found to be reasonably frequent. Pat Foccarelli is Vice President of Patient Safety at CRICO, Harvard's medical malpractice and patient safety company, and a study co-author. CRICO helped sponsor the research.
2: The reason for doing it is to see, have we gotten better? We've done a lot of interventions to improve patient safety and to reduce risk for our patients. And there was an, an interest in seeing, okay, where are we now with this current state of the way we deliver care and what can we improve?
0: Focarelli says she didn't expect that medication-related errors would be the most prevalent at 39%. But compared with the original Harvard study, the new methodology picked up additional types of drug-related harms.
2: I think in patient safety, we've done a lot to improve medication safety in terms of the prescribing practices that are, are now usually electronic, and then we have barcoded coded administration systems. But there are other harms that patients experience from medication, um, low Blood pressure that's too low after medications given, um, changes in their mental status, injury to their kidneys. This, this study captured all of those kinds of injuries from medications. And so I think we have work to do around medication safety. You know, the patients are more complex now that are hospitalized and they're on a lot of medications, and the medications have interactions, and there can be insidious changes over time in the patient's response to the medication. Um, And that's harm from the patient's perspective, and I think we need to look harder at our systems for monitoring patients who are on medications.
0: Study co-author Dr. Elizabeth Mort sees the results as a call to arms for hospitals across the country. Dr. Mort is Senior Vice President of Quality and Safety at Massachusetts General Hospital.
3: If not now, when? We have to get going. But there's a lot of options out there, and I think uh, the call to action hopefully will motivate people to, look at the options, tick strategically, and implement with the goal of measuring something that suggests we're making progress. Where I have optimism about it, and this is the emphasis I would make to provider groups or anybody who's involved in either delivering or getting care, is that there are many, many things
0: that we can do to get
3: back on track
0: and to reduce the risk of preventable patient harms. Dr. Mort emphasizes the challenge for the board and senior management at hospitals maintaining a consistent focus and priority on patient safety and quality, all while staring down the fundamental staffing and operational pressures that have emerged from the pandemic. To help prioritize, leaders can look at this research and similar guidance from the Office of Inspector General, CMS, and the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality. According to Dr. Bates, the study clearly points to medication safety because drug events were the top category of inpatient error. So for adverse drug events, the most obvious op- opportunity for improvement
1: is to do better with the medication related to the de- decision support that we're delivering now. And uh, the evidence is that the decision support that's being currently delivered in most institutions is just not very good. Doctors are being bombarded with warnings. Most of them are not that helpful. and. Uh, there are opportunities to be much more selective about which warnings to actually deliver so that you just deliver the most important ones. And, uh, and I think if that's done better, um, this remains to be tested, uh, we'll, we'll see a significant
0: improvement in medication safety. Dr. Bates says it helps to look at a variety of higher priority categories of adverse events for action. Surgical checklists and early recovery after surgery programs, for example. For slips and falls, certain protocols and tools are demonstrated to make care safer, but have not been adopted widely enough. New techniques to prevent error are coming online all the time. For
1: uh, some other types of injuries like, uh, like pressure ulcers, I think artificial intelligence will, will be really useful in terms of uh, prevention for uh, others like, like identifying patients who are decompensating uh, I think that use of artificial intelligence to look at multiple parameters at the same time will help us uh, identify patients who are who are not doing well, and uh, and ideally intervene before they actually uh, get worse. There's some data from from Kaiser that uh, if you do that uh, just with vital signs, that that uh, actually reduced the mortality rate.
0: To Pat Fulcarelli of Crico. AI holds a lot of promise for flagging potential harms and helping improvement efforts. She also sees the need for additional collaboration. The study showed that many errors are missed by the hospital's self-reporting system of tracking events. New improvements are needed for systems around detection, measurement, definitions of harm and preventability that help providers understand the patient experience. Dr. Mort says medical error is everybody's problem to solve.
3: Quality and safety is not one person's role or one center's role. It's really everybody's role. And I think we'd be well served at pausing and asking each one of the leaders in the C-suite, in the clinical departments, in the um, operational departments, really from board to bedside, what is your role in advancing patient safety? You might be uh, an MRI tech, you might be the director of environmental services, you might be a resident in radiation, or fellow in radiation oncology, you might be a primary care doc, you might be the chief operating officer. What is your role in advancing patient safety? And you know, if you do this, you could say, Well, I'm an environmental service worker, and my role is to ensure when I clean the rooms between patients that I eradicate to the extent possible. All germs, they could hurt the patient. Or, you know, whatever way the person would want to articulate that. And that's why they come to work. That's why they're there. Yes, I'm in environmental services, and that's how I contribute to making this place the safest hospital on the planet.
0: Evaluation of medical error in ambulatory care is in the works, according to Dr. Bates. Also among his upcoming projects will be to look at effective ways to get information from detection systems directly to frontline providers in real time and better, faster detection of diagnostic error. For Safety Net, I'm Tom Agello. Thank you for listening to Safety Net, a podcast of news, trends, and ideas from Crico in the Harvard Medical System. Find all of our podcasts at www.rmf.harvard.edu slash podcasts and subscribe. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and then rate and review the show to help others find it too.